We're going to have a a short talk now uh, from the Bible, and uh, the passage uh, is John 1, uh, 1 to 18, and it's actually on an insert uh, printed inside your service sheet. So I'll read that for us, and then uh, I'll speak on it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Well, do you have that uh, in front of you? And there's a little outline of where we're going uh, on the back of it. But we're going to focus on those words of verse 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, the phenomenon of the Christmas advert is a bit of a strange one, isn't it? Get it right, and the whole nation ends up talking about your brand, your your shop. And it seems to be best practice is to try and make everybody cry, doesn't it? Sort of combine the emotional intensity of the opening montage from the Disney film Up with a sort of whimsical Christmas penguin. And you've got your, your winning recipe. There's always a bit of a twist, always a bit of a tear jerk and a warm, fuzzy feeling. But all these brands, with all their Christmas adverts, they come up with a new one every single year. Why is that? Well, the over-familiarity of it, uh, it will lose its Christmas shine. There's only so many times your mother can send the Christmas advert on the family WhatsApp. And so it can sometimes feel that way, with the over-familiarity of... Christmas itself. Maybe you're here today and you feel a little bit like that. The same carols, the same mulled wine, the same mince pies, it all becomes a little bit over-familiar. Loses the Christmas shine for you. Or perhaps you're you're here today and you would call yourself a Christmas person. The lights have been up since early November. The tree was bought the second that they came into the shop. The uh, one advent calendar might already have been finished and you've moved on to the next one. Or perhaps uh, Christmas is a really difficult time for you, a a time 
uh, of tough emotional stress. We find ourselves deeply missing loved ones uh, that really did enjoy Christmas. Maybe uh, the darkness of the year feels like it draws in over this time. I want to spend a couple of moments this morning to think about the message at the heart of Christmas. It's one that for some folk has lost its shine because of over-familiarity. Others really need the light that is promised from this message at the heart of Christmas. And others need it to be placed front and center, otherwise it gets drowned out in the noise of the Christmas season. So perhaps as an adult, you've never considered the meaning of Christmas, the message at the heart of it. Maybe it's the first time ever hearing this. For others, it'll be the heart of hope in this season, in an otherwise hopeless situation. And we're focusing on that verse 14. The word became flesh, dwelt among us. We've seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. The first thing to see about the Christmas message is that at the heart of Christmas is that God came to be human. Jesus, the son of God, the word became flesh. As the old Carol puts it, he came down to earth from heaven. And that's an extraordinary claim, isn't it? That God himself, with all glory, eternity, infinity, came to earth, not in a display of power and might, not as a a warrior or a hero, but a baby, a child. This is the Christmas story. This baby, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, was placed in an animal feeding trough. Shepherds came, having had the arrival of his birth, announced to them by angels. Later, wise men from the east followed a particular star in order to come and worship him. Think how extraordinary this is. The God who trades his glory for a life on earth, starting where animals were fed. 30 years, he lives a relatively normal life. Do you see what this means? Before Jesus starts uh, his ministry, he lives a relatively normal life. It means that he gets you. Do you see what it means? It means that whatever life throws at you, uh, Jesus knows it. Uh, God knows your life. Jesus knows our emotions, our experiences. I think what Christmas might bring this year, some of the uh, good times, but also some of the bad times. Family arguments, Jesus knows all about them. Mental anguish, Jesus knows. Real, genuine stress, Jesus knows. Wider circumstances that you can think of. Life on the run. Jesus knew all about it. Bereavement of loved ones. Jesus has been there. Betrayal by a friend. National turmoil. Political confusion. Jesus knows. Friends who let you down when you need them. Being misrepresented. Being set up. Being falsely tried. Jesus knows. Being ignored by the people you're trying to help. Deep physical pain, fear of what the future holds. Jesus knows these things. Whatever we're going through 
this Christmas, whatever we've been through in the past year, because of this wonderful truth of the Son of God become flesh, it means that he knows. Whatever life has thrown at us, whatever life will throw at us, Jesus knows. And earlier in the passage, Jesus coming in the flesh is described as light shining in darkness, and darkness not overcoming it. Maybe you've had a very, very deep and dark year. Maybe you look back over your life, and it seems like every little area has been touched with darkness. The glory of the message of the heart of Christmas, of God become human, Jesus Christ took on flesh, is that he knows, and he is light shining in darkness. He knows you. And that's one of the key components to being loved, isn't it? Any relationship, uh, any family member, to truly love uh, means to be truly known. And that is the promise of Christmas, that it's God knowing and loving us. Not only that, but God came to be known. So where John says, we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father. A while ago, my godson was very much into the game hide and seek. You know, uh, he was, uh, we, we played a lot of it for uh, a period of time. He was old enough to uh, get the concept of the game, that you hide and you don't be found. But the execution of the game was very, very difficult at his young age. So he would run and hide, and I would loudly be searching. Is he under the table? And I'd hear a little voice from, like, behind a curtain. No. <laughs> Is he behind the door? little voice from behind the curtain. No. Uh, where is he? Out he springs from the curtain. I'm here. <laughs> I don't know if you've, you've ever done that. It's very sweet. Christmas, in some senses, is God's way of saying, I am here. We can sometimes uh, treat uh, God and, and, and the universe is some sort of a cosmic game of hide and seek where we say it would be so handy if God would just show himself to us. Christmas is God come uh, to be known. You might be thinking, uh, well, it's fine, Jesus coming in the flesh and, and coming to be man. Uh, but what's the use if I can't even see him today, though? Do you know a majority of people uh, get their news today uh, not so much from the newspaper, uh, but it's 47% of people, primary news source uh, is uh, news websites, like the BBC homepage. 35% is TV, followed closely by 33% social media. Other mediums come after that. So if Jesus had been born today, uh, maybe we would have seen him on the BBC homepage. Perhaps uh, we would have found out about him uh, from social media, probably uh, online, wouldn't he? But 2,000 years ago, there wasn't social media, there wasn't internet, there wasn't uh, uh, news home screens. YouTube hadn't been invented. TikTokers weren't dancing around Canary Wharf. But they did have writing. And so Jesus' birth, his life, his death, what he did, what he said, was written down by eyewitnesses. And if you read these accounts, you can see that Jesus is God, not just knowing us and what we go through, but being known by us. He grew up 
in a Middle Eastern rural town, traveled around preaching, and had a significant public profile. The religious elites did not like him. The irreligious, the sinners and the tax collectors, the, the bottoms of society, the, the native Jewish people, the occupying Roman forces, young, old, men and women, they all heard him. They all saw him. And Jesus told his followers, write it down. John, the person who wrote the passage we're looking at, he was one of Jesus' closest, closest friends. And he wrote his account carefully that those who come after would believe in who Jesus is, what he said, what he did. This is why it's so significant that the first visitors at the Nativity, when Jesus was born, were shepherds, generally pretty low down on the social hierarchy, normal people out in their fields with their sheep. The second were these wise men from the East, highly educated. They knew their stars and their prophecies. It's every end of society, the educated, the uneducated, the highs and lows. They witness Jesus as a baby. They recognize him. They know him as the savior of the world. And so they worship him. Now, this would have been an outrageous thing for them to do in their society that day. Because to worship God was one thing, but to worship a baby would have been counted as blasphemy. Unless, of course, that baby was God himself. And that's why John says, as we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the Father. The Bible speaks of God as Father, as Son, as Holy Spirit. All one, all distinct at the same time. And that's why Christians call Jesus the Son of God. So at the beginning of the passage, we read the, the word or the son was with God and was God, both at the same time. So this Christmas, why not have a look at Jesus, at these recorded accounts of his birth, of his life, of his death, his resurrection? I'd go through them maybe with a friend if somebody invited you here today. Have a read, have a think about who Jesus is, what he came to do. Don't let another Christmas go by where you're distracted by the tinsel, the lights, the presents without getting to grip with the ultimate reason for the celebration. We'd love to help you do this uh, at St. Peter's Barge. You can uh, find in your service sheets these little cards that have what next written on the top of it. And uh, on the back of those cards, you'll see that you can uh, either fill in a QR code or you can leave your details. And we'd love to uh, invite you to sign up to a course called Hope Explored. It's where we look at Jesus and the hope that he brings. So please do uh, sign up to that. Now, if you're a guest here and you're also just pretty skeptical about the whole thing, um, let me encourage you to take away. It's free if you're a guest here. Just this little book is Christmas Unbelievable. Um, It's a great book, really well written, an entertaining read, and very, very short. So over the Christmas break, uh, why not get to grips with uh, just how reliable the accounts of Christmas are. It's well worth a little read. God became human. God became known. And then, then we finally see that God became Savior. That's the reason for the celebration of Christmas. We see what John means here when he says he, Jesus was full of grace and truth. Jesus was a savior. The art of uh, giving and receiving presents is quite an interesting one. Uh, You get people who are very, very thoughtful. Uh, You get people who are uh, very happy with just something functional. And you get people 
uh, who uh, go over the top and are almost a bit too generous, and it's a bit awkward receiving those gifts. And then uh, sometimes you feel like you might have been a bit too stingy in return. And all the dynamics are, are quite awkward and complicated, aren't they? Sometimes we can fall into a bit of uh, what we might call a Santa system, thinking the good gifts that we get given, oh, yeah, well, we deserve that. They're, they're very good. They're thoughtful. They're nice. And then sometimes we open a, a present and we're like, what did I do to deserve this gift? I don't know if you've ever uh, had that experience. That Santa system, if you like, what did I do to deserve this bad thing? Or, uh, yes, I rightly deserve this good thing. It can sometimes be our approach uh, to God, too. When we think about uh, life, anything good in our life, we turn around and we say, yeah, I probably deserve it. And then we accuse God of maybe being a bit stingy or unfair when things don't go well. What did I do to deserve that? We naturally have a bit of a, a Santa system approach to God. But let me ask you this. If you were to resolve in 2024 to have absolutely zero regrets, how long would it take before it was broken? What about resolve to not be frustrated or impatient? Maybe two tube journeys before that one's broken? What about not exaggerate or lie even? What about to not let anybody down? I doubt most of us would be getting through the first week of January. And that's the the tough truth when we take an honest look at ourselves. That morally before God, we fall pretty far short of perfection. It's easy for us to compare ourselves to others. At least I'm not as bad as this person, that person. At least I, I could be a lot worse. I could be like them. But ultimately, when we compare ourselves to God, his holy perfection, to Jesus' perfect life, we don't measure up at all. Yet our God, who has made all things, provides for us, gives us our very life, we say to him with our actions, consciously or unconsciously, that we aren't interested in him. We'd happily take his his gifts and ignore his instructions for their use and go our own way. It's an unwrapper present, maybe a brief nod of thanks, but that's it kind of attitude. Now imagine uh, if the children in your life treated you like that when receiving gifts, or your siblings, or even your parents. You'd be a bit annoyed by it, wouldn't you? God's annoyance at us, our attitude towards him, is so rightly justified uh, for how we treat him and his good gifts to us. And so this is why at Christmas, we see that God came, that we might be saved. Because Jesus was full of grace and truth. Grace is the Bible's word for an undeserved gift of kindness. It's given, it's free, and it cannot be earned. And truth means that in doing this, God has completely kept all of the promises that he made to save his people. For centuries before, God had been promising to rescue his people. He promised that he would come, that he would show up and would save. And this is what Jesus does. How Jesus saves is a slightly strange way when we look at it. He saves by dying. 
The child born in Bethlehem becomes the Christ nailed to the cross because of the grace and truth that he is full with. God treats Jesus as if he were you or me. He takes the consequences of our wrongdoing and going against God, and he places it on Jesus. And Jesus' perfection, his holiness, his righteousness is placed on us, a free gift. Maybe think of it a little bit like this. My wife, Sarah, she loves a candle, and she'll use a lighter to light the candle. But once the lighter's fuel has all been burned up, that lighter is not able to light again. The fuel is gone. It's been burned. On the cross, Jesus takes the anger that our wrongdoing causes, and it's completely burned up. And so rather than God being angry of us, we can instead have a perfect relationship with him. Through the gift of Jesus, full of grace and truth, we have the gift of God's love, forgiveness, and friendship. So maybe today is the first time in a really long time that you've been to church. And maybe you went along as a kid, maybe you were hurt by church a very long time ago. Let me encourage you this Christmas, have another look at Jesus, the Savior who came to be human, who came to know us and to be known by us and to save us. Now, if you're here and and you're thinking, I actually would like some light in my life. If Jesus is the one to do this, then I want Jesus. What would that mean for you? Well, it means accepting the gift of Jesus full of grace and truth. So knowing that there's nothing we can do to to gain God's forgiveness, we have to accept the free gift of Jesus. And the thankfulness means no longer going our own way, but going Jesus' way, accepting the gift and following his instructions for it. And that means our very motivation for doing any sort of good changes, where once we might have had a bit of a moral sense and perhaps, uh, and if we're honest, uh, are wanting to look good in front of others. Now our motivation for doing good, it becomes to glorify not ourselves, but to God. Accept the gift and live not for yourself, but for him. Maybe you've spent the last year looking for purpose, uh, trying to sort out your life, trying to uh, get a goal, a mission, some sort of drive in a world where there's a lot of despair. And coming to Christmas and seeing Jesus, it means we get given a whole new purpose. And no longer do we live for ourselves. No longer are we our own. But we live for him, follow him, and live in his way. The God who came to be human, the God who came to be known, the God who came to be the saviour. And this is a gift for you this Christmas. So don't simply let another Christmas go by without uh, trusting this is true, trusting in God, not just believing in him, but trusting that he has given us Jesus, that he is the God who came to be human, came to be known, and came to be saviour. It's not simply false advertising, and it never loses its shine when we seek Uh, the glory of the sun. We're going to pause for a moment and reflect on what we've heard. And then we'll uh, have some prayers together. And then from there, we'll go straight into a song.